Welcome back to James and the Giant QB. I am Jim Weber, joined as always by former Kentucky quarterback and Super Bowl champion Jared Lorenzen. Unfortunately, this is a dark and gloomy day on the podcast as Michigan was annihilated by Penn State 42-13 to and Kentucky was just run over, around, and through by Mississippi State 45-7. Which was the more pathetic performance um, I'll, I'll take us, man. You know, we were coming off a bye week, had a lot of the hype to possibly go nine and one going into Georgia, had everything behind us and laid an egg. The only positive that comes out of it is it wasn't a night game where everybody saw it. That's the only unfortunate <laughs> thing for Michigan is everybody saw that, that performance. Yeah. I um I didn't watch the Kentucky game, but I caught the highlights, and I was just amazed at how the run defense just got gashed. And I thought Mississippi State was a uh, you know prime for an upset because they had had so many bad losses. But Nick Fitzgerald looked like Superman out there. What was that about? Well, it was every time it felt like it was second and six, or second and five, or second and four, and. You know, they had us every which way they wanted us. If they wanted to push out a run, he got five yards. If they wanted him to throw it, he got 10 yards. And the, what's worse about it, he's like a 50% completion guy on the year on his career. And we made him look like John freaking Elway. I mean, it yeah. was – we were bad in every aspect of the game, aspect of the game. We just – we sucked. We laid an egg. I mean, it was – it was there. We had our shot. We had our chance to prove, hey, we're better than you two years in a row. And that did not happen. We, I mean, we just yeah. The, I mean, the, you know, now, now we've got to get ready for a Tennessee team. Yeah, the one highlight, in my opinion, was did you see Mark Stoops in his post game, And he was right next to the locker room. And I think the door must have been open because one of the assistants was going, you got your effing ass kicked. And he, he literally couldn't talk yeah. because the guy was screaming so loud. Yeah, that was Vince. Uh, Vince Merrow is our tight end coach. <laughs> I love him. Oh, I love him. Slash <laughs> recruiting guru. He, he might be the highest paid tight end coach in the country, and that's not a joke. Well, he earned it last uh, night. Yeah, because, well, here's the problem. You know, I, we've all been there. With You know, I, I've been in that locker room where you get your ass kicked and you just want to kind of forget about it. So you start laughing about things that you really shouldn't be laughing about, and a coach comes in and just, Reams you, and you're like, yeah, we uh, we deserved that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like have you ever seen the scene in Moneyball, yes. where Brad Pitt comes in and says, "That's what losing sounds like." Yes, that's what it should sound like, and it was especially forty-five-seven. I mean, come on, guys, let's you know you lose, and it's a, it's a good game. Okay, you know you can talk a little bit, but when you just get ran through over around about whatever. Take yeah. your ass over and be quiet and get back to your life. Is now. that what the word was, that they were joking around in the locker room? Well, you could hear some of the guys laughing. Oh, okay. And yeah. talking. And, you know, look, that locker room should be damn near so You should just hear the water running through the showers. <laughs> yeah. And maybe some guys doing some media. But that is it. You should not hear another pin drop. And it was, it was louder than it needs to be. Yeah. Well, about the Michigan game, you know, it's tough because – the saddest thing is this is what most Michigan fans thought could happen. We hoped it wouldn't. But after losing to Michigan State at home and beating Indiana in overtime, 
I think everyone knew the offense was a mess, and aside from two drives in the first half, it was a complete debacle. The offensive line looks like it couldn't block folding chairs at this point. And the the thing that was a surprise, though, was the defense. Just the number, you know, they kept saying before the game, number one defense in the country, number one defense in the country. And it just got lapped by Saquon Barkley. It, it early and yeah. often. Yeah. I mean, what, for the third or fourth play, all of a sudden they do a little wrinkle. And it was like Michigan's never seen a wildcat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for lack of a better word, it was essentially what it was. And he's gone, you know, for what, 75 or something like that? Yeah. I'm sitting there going, oh, no, this is the way it's starting. Yeah. This is not going to be good because that's what Michigan hangs their hat on. It's like, look, our offense is so bad, at least we'll keep our, – our defense will keep you in it. Yeah. And they couldn't even – it was, you know, it was a snowball. That yeah. happens and something else and something else. And next thing you know, you're, you're up the creek and you can't do anything and then – the offense is begging for a fumble to be a, an incompletion, and it was it was bad. Yeah, and as you said, everyone was watching, everyone was piling on. I saw people mentioning that Michigan's now tied for fourth in the Big Ten East with Rutgers. People were pointing out that Brady Hoke had the same record as Jim Harbaugh, twenty five and eight, and that Jim Harbaugh is six and five in his last eleven games. I'm curious what you think on the outside. I, there's definitely still plenty of support for Jim Harbaugh. I think. People have turned on uh, the offensive coordinator, Tim Drevno. But on, from the outside looking in, what is the perception? Because even in a rebuilding year, which is what people knew this would be, you don't lose by 30 at Michigan. At least you're not supposed to. No, and that's what I, I asked you earlier, probably two or three weeks ago, what's the, you know, what's inside thinking about Jim? And they, you say they have the, he has the confidence, but it, it looks bad. Yeah. Because, like you said, Michigan doesn't lose by 30. Yeah. And especially with Harbaugh. I don't care if it's a rebuilding. I didn't know it was a rebuilding yet. <laughs> yeah. I just know you have bad quarterback play, but a really, really, really good defense. Yeah. And when the defense is getting – they were just getting out-schemed. Yeah. It wasn't me versus you. I mean, it it was, hey, I'm going to put uh, Parker out at receiver and just run past your linebacker. Yeah. I mean, it was nothing, you know, we weren't doing crazy plays or anything like that, but I think end of the year, your OC's gone. There's no way, I mean, Harbaugh can't keep him. Yeah. And, um, and I, the I funniest thing about the offensive coordinator is that the reason he was hired is that he's supposed to be a offensive line guru. Well, so much for that. Yeah, exactly. And you know what, some of it may be just talent. I mean, you know, sometimes you swing and miss and, and, and recruiting, um, and a guy that you think, hey, I got this nice four or five star guy, turns into, uh, you know, a, a pillow, and he can't freaking block. So, yeah. you know, I think some of that has happened. Um, I'd love to say it's unfortunate, but you know. Yeah, and I think you pointed it, it, this out last year after the bowl game. Is that what Michigan has been missing on offense? Is that one game breaker? You know, the Desmond Howard type player that they used to have back in the day. And they have Tariq they Black. always had somebody. Yeah, they have Tariq Black, who is a freshman that got hurt. And then they have Donovan Peoples-Jones, who is supposed to be brilliant. And he's a true freshman, so I'm not going to give him a hard time. But the no. running backs are all kind of four-yard-to-carry guys. No one's got that extra burst. Uh, you definitely They're, don't see um, this future NFL running back, or you don't see a David Terrell or Braylon Edwards or 
any of those yeah, they're guys. Like, what was his name? Hart. Mike Hart. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't go on to an NFL That's career, but he was are. unbelievable. But see, yeah, I always just picture him get five yards. Yeah, three yards, two yards, first down. I mean, yeah. it was nothing. I mean, he probably did have bigger plays. I mean, you're closer to the program than I am, but it was like they just don't have anything offensively where you can go. All right, that's that's who we got to get the ball. It's it's like, man, we've got to do. I want to see some deceptive stuff. I want to see something that you're you're at least trying. Yeah. Instead of traditional play action, seven step drop, hit the guy on the corner. There you go. I mean, yeah, it's very for every vanilla. One of those plays, you get two back. You get two backwards. So I mean, I'm not a not a fan of what they're doing right now. Yeah. All right, I want to move on to the most exciting game of the day, which was Oklahoma State 13, Texas 10. Oklahoma State winning in overtime. And it looked like Texas was going to march in for the game-winning score and right all the wrongs. You know, they had the heartbreaking loss to USC in overtime. They lost a week ago to Oklahoma by five. And then to have this happen just rips your heart out because Texas just needs that signature victory for Tom Herman to hang his hat on. And I don't know if you saw that interception by Sam Ellinger, I, but that well, was confusing. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. Um, oh, I was swinging around when I got mine, when I did mine. Against I Florida you're talking about, right? Yeah. I, I've, I've thrown that pick. Um, I don't – I have no clue what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, I was I thinking, know, I know was he, he trying thought. to throw it away? Or did he yeah, see something? He, he was definitely trying to throw that ball away and just totally missed through, his, missed through it. I mean, just there's no other explanation. He just got back there. He went, oh, I threw this plenty far enough. Yeah. And as soon as you let go of it, you went, oh, no, I didn't. Oh, God, please drop it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you know immediately yeah. what happened. And I felt miserable. I feel awful for that kid. Because you're right, they're at least going to tie that game. Yeah. I mean, why they're freaking running that play again, that close, just run the damn ball. But, again, that's what Texas does. Um, I could I could not believe it. I just I, – I, yesterday I got to sit down and watch just full football. So, I felt miserable for that kid. And just the way it ends, the, you know, the, the heartache when he wakes up this morning. Yeah, No matter what week. people say to him, it'll be worse in his head. Yeah. Uh, now, moving on to the most shocking result of the weekend, Notre Dame 49, USC 14. And we sat here all last year talking about there's no way Brian Kelly survives this year. Now, you're looking at Notre Dame going, is this a team that could make the college football playoff? Do you think that's a, a real possibility? Or am I getting ahead of myself here? I, I, I think... I think it's like Kentucky being nine and one. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. I mean, if you look at the schedule, it's very possible. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think. Uh, I think the Pac-12 is done. Yeah. I don't know who you could put in there and feel good about it now. Maybe, maybe Washington State, maybe Washington, but I mean, somebody's going to end up with two losses there, if not three people with two losses. Um. You know, you're more than likely going to get Bama. More than likely, what are we saying, Clemson? Yeah, I think it's I think it's Bama, uh, the Penn State Ohio State winner, TCU yeah. if they oh, win out. We know who that's going to be. Yeah, uh, TCU if they win out and go undefeated, and then there's that one mystery spot uh, where it could be 
Clemson. I think it's Georgia. Yeah, it could be Georgia if they lose to Alabama. It could be Penn State if they lose to Ohio State and Ohio State's in. And we just know Ohio State's somehow going to end up in the playoffs. No, Ohio State's in. They're the fifth <laughs> team and they're in. I mean, it doesn't yeah. freaking matter. Yeah. Um, so. I, yeah, I think, I, I think the pack's done. I, I think, I mean, if you look at it, yeah, there's, I mean, people lose here and there. You know, TCU, TCU loses. Now all of a sudden that bump started up even higher. I mean, they were, they're starting to remind me a lot, a lot of Ohio State that, no matter what they do, they're always just kind of there. Yeah, and, and uh, it, it's interesting that they will actually have some real quality wins if they are to win out. Yes, because they, they just beat USC, then they play NC State, they play at Miami, and at Stanford. Now, they wouldn't have an ACC championship game to bolster their resume, but that would be four top 25 wins in their last six games. So, I don't yeah, know. I mean, they, they have it. It'd be hard to keep them out. Yeah. Now, like you said, this is like Kentucky being nine and one. That it, it sounds plausible, but we'll let's see if it actually happens because winning well, all those games is it, a lot to ask. Yeah, it, it's easy to get hyped up for USC at night at home. Yeah. You know how do you get excited to go on the road to Miami or you know what I mean? It, yeah. It's a little bit different, so we'll see how they do. Yeah. Now, I wanted to move on to the champions of life because we always have to talk about Butch Jones on this podcast. And 45-7 shellacking. But the highlight of the game was the Tennessee defensive back who, while Tennessee was running back a pick six, flipped off the fans with double birds. What was that about? I, I know that uh, you like you know sticking it to the hometown crowd, but one, you're down three scores, and two... Why are you flipping the double bird just for no – like, I get it if someone heckled you in particular and you want to stick it to them, but just flipping off random fans on national TV, what would you do if you're Butch Jones this week? Strip him of his champion of life certificate? Yeah, yeah, he doesn't get any uh, repetitions of being a champion this week. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know what you do. I mean, I think you look at the kid and go, are you stupid? Yeah, like we're up, we're down by thirty points, <laughs> and you're double burdening people. Like, <laughs> you know what? If you're tied, or that's the go ahead, double burden. Get it? <laughs> you know, do your thing. But we haven't scored a touchdown in a year offensively. You know, it's been since you know, like August since they've scored an offensive touchdown. And you're going to double burden people because we got lucky on a backup quarterback. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come the hell on. It's just, it's Tennessee. Yeah. It is Tennessee, just idiots. Yeah. And here's the, <coughs> fingers crossed they keep us Jones. Yeah. Well, we'll see. The The funny thing is, I think a loss to Kentucky could be the last straw for him. So if, if you're thinking long term, you might want Tennessee to pull this one off. But if you're thinking yeah. short term... Yeah, we'll, we'll think short-term this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Butch Jones is gone no matter what. But the only thing that could... just win. Yeah. Okay, well, I wanted to get to the Q&A portion of the program with fan questions. And the first one is, should Kansas shut down its football program after a total of 21 yards in a 43 nothing loss? That was just... Beyond pathetic, man. and for yeah. some reason that was on well, national TV on Fox, which never should have happened. Man, am I glad? 
I'm glad I got to watch that over the, the Yankee game. <laughs> yeah, the Yankee uh, game is on FS1. While, con- yeah. while Kansas getting just the pants beaten off of it is on Fox. I mean, they're not going to – I mean, as a Kentucky football fan, and felt <laughs> like I've been there a time or two, um, I think they need to keep that program. That makes us feel good. We yeah. always know we've got somebody. Now we can say, hey, at least we're not Kansas. But if they leave, then we're kind of screwed. So, selfishly, please keep them. Um, they're just bad, and there's no the – problem is there's no signs of looking up or looking out. I mean, even when they hired Charlie. Um, Charlie Weiss, yeah, that was a complete yeah, debacle. Well, yeah, I, I don't know what they're doing, man. Yeah, I don't know what you do at a program like this where it feels like every hire is doomed to fail – and the one guy you hire that's successful would probably leave for another job in a heartbeat. So I guess Kentucky, is that the best you can hope for? Is Mark Stoops Mr. 7-5? and five? Is, is that the dream for a Kansas fan? Oh, my God. Can you imagine Kansas going 7-5? <laughs> yeah. Now, I will say, remember with Mark Mangino, they actually won the Orange Bowl, which feels like a parallel universe at this point. Um, but I don't think right. it's realistic to think that could happen again. No, I mean, I, I think if they got four wins, that place could give that guy a lifetime contract. I mean, yeah. right now, it, it's just, it is just a mess, and there's nothing in the near future that looks like they're getting out of it. Yeah, no, I thought this was an intriguing question. Someone asked, if you're a Nebraska fan, and we're assuming Mike Riley is getting fired at the end of the year, do you want Scott Frost, who is one of the hottest names because UCF is undefeated, yeah. He was quarterback of the co-national title team in 1997. Or with the new athletic director, Bill Moose from Washington State, are you cheering for Mike Leach, the pirate, to come down and bring the air raid to Lincoln, Nebraska? Which would you be cheering for? If I'm a Nebraska fan, I want my old guy. Yeah. Um, just, you know, I have a feeling that's who they're going to be pulling for. You know, that he can't do any wrong. I mean, he, he's the greatest quarterback we've ever had. Well, Frazier, but he's a great quarterback. Um, they want him. If I'm outside looking in, I'm looking at – Eric could really bug a lot of people. And it would be something different that they don't have in the conference. So, I would I would love to see Leach get that job. But uh, I think it's going to go to Frost. Yeah, I've, I think you're right that I think the pull of the prodigal son coming home is going to be so strong. Uh, Mike Leach would be amazing to see in the Big Ten, but I feel like it's one of those Rich Rodriguez hires, like at Michigan, where if it doesn't work, people say, this never should have happened, he doesn't fit here, right. why did we you're do right. this? So yep, You're right. I don't but see I, that I just happening. think, I, 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 don't, I don't think it happens. You're right, that the son coming home is... Way too strong. Yeah. Now, another question for you is, I don't know how much you've seen them play, but the last question is, do you think Wisconsin is for real? They're ranked number five in the country. They're 7-0, and but they haven't really beaten anyone. They haven't played a ranked team all season, and they won't play a ranked team possibly until the Big Ten Championship game because the only ranked team currently on their schedule is Michigan, who looks like they're about to fall out of the top 25. So, it's really hard to read them, uh, but they've they're number five basically by, de- by default because they're seven and zero. Right, I think it's 
another, hey, look, Kentucky's 9-1. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's another one of those. That, you know, they, they they can't do anything about it. They're just playing who's on their schedule. Yeah. And whether they're ranked or not, that's them. Um, I think they're doing exactly what they need to do. They're winning the games. And winning the games is probably a pretty good standpoint. For the most part, they're winning by a pretty large margin. Um, I don't think they're fifth in the country. Yeah. They may be a top 12. But I think uh, there's a lot better teams out there than what Wisconsin has. Um, I just I, I don't think they're going to be able to. They're they're not a, they're not a top you know, Big Twelve or Big Ten team in my eyes. Yeah, that that's what annoys me about the AP poll is that you just keep moving teams up. It's all where they started, and then you just keep bumping them up as they continue to right. win games, even if they don't play anyone. So it's like you look at Wisconsin; they're number five, and you've got teams like Ohio State. Clemson, Miami, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Washington State. These are all schools behind them that I think would win if they played at a neutral site. So I don't know. That, that's one thing that really annoys me. But I will say that I'm glad that this will all play itself out because they will have to go through Penn State or Ohio State to get to the college exactly. football playoff. So. Exactly. Yeah. It, luckily, it will work itself out. But, yeah, you're saying well, I, I hate that. You know, just move somebody out, slot another guy in. Just keep moving them up. Doesn't matter who they play. You know, yeah, yeah. Not my cup of tea. Oh, and actually, there is one more question: Who would you like to see be the non-power five team make a college New Year Six bowl game? It looks like the favorites are USF with Charlie Strong, which is tied for 16th in the country. Number 20, UCF. We just talked about Scott Frost. And number twenty-five, Memphis, with their high-flying offense. Which one would you like to see make a big-time bowl game? Well, I can't root for Charlie Strong. Why not Charlie yeah, Strong? Oh, Louisville. Well, Sorry, forgot the Louisville. Sorry. Come on, man. <laughs> Sorry uh, about that. No, I think I'm going. Man, it's give me Memphis. Yeah, that'd you be know, fun. Just, you know, they're just kind of just a little bit out of there, a little bit different. Love their quarterback play. I I like Memphis. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. It would be like Western Michigan making the Cotton Bowl last year where no one saw it coming. Memphis playing in, like, you know, the Fiesta Bowl or something like that would be pretty crazy. Now, I will say I do like, just out of spite, if right. UCF were to make a huge bowl game and Texas, you know, ends up in some – crappy Liberty Bowl type situation. That would be hilarious to me. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of oh, pumped for yeah. that too. So, yeah, I'm with you there. Okay, well, last thing I wanted to ask you about, story time with Jared Lorenzen. You saw Jimbo Fisher, a guy was heckling him saying to hire new coaches, and Jimbo yelled, why don't you come down here and say it to my face? What is the funniest or rudest heckler that you ever experienced, either at Kentucky or in the NFL? Uh, NFL, shockingly enough, did not get heckled much. Um, uh, but I do have two stories. So, one I think I've told on here before. Um, LSU, at LSU, my freshman year. Uh, two and a half hours before the game, the student section's already there. And it's already full. But we've got to have fun with these guys. Yeah. And they're, they're chanting and screaming. And there was a guy dressed, well, not a guy, it was Fat Bastard. Off of uh, what Austin Powers, yeah, Austin Powers. So Fat Bastard was dressed up in a twenty-two jersey. Oh, that's pretty funny. In in a toga, so I had to go up there, and I I went. I climbed the stairs, 
right there because it's real easy to get up on that field and take a picture with them. Oh, that's it was great. the greatest thing I've ever seen. I and love they were having cool a, about it, you know? Yeah, I love having a sense of humor about it. I wish there was uh, evidence of this picture. I need to find this on Twitter or something. Oh, God. If I could, I, it was before Twitter. Oh yeah, but if if some guy still has the photo, if he could post it somehow, yeah, that would be that would be a great one. Um, but the best sense of heckling I've ever seen, and almost felt bad, was for Eli. My our rookie year, we went back to San Diego, and it was like the third game of the season, and obviously with the trade that went on, and I'm not putting on the hat and blah blah. He played yeah. for San Diego. When we pulled into that parking lot, it might have been the only time San Diego has been on time for a game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were – it was packed. And the, one of the greatest signs I've ever seen is there was like, oh, you got your head stuck up such and such a day. It was Eli at the bottom with his head. It was a totem pole. So it was his head up Peyton's ass. Whose head was up Archie's ass. <laughs> and it was the single greatest poster. <laughs> oh I my gosh. Ever seen. I hope that's framed and, somewhere in, in Southern California. Um, and so I'm sitting there and I'm watching and I sit right behind Eli. And he's looking around and, and we're all looking around going, Eli, look at that one. Eli, look at that one. And we're just getting ready to run out. And they forget. So now Kevin Gilbride was the coach of San, uh, San Diego when they hired or when they uh, drafted Ryan Leaf. And Kevin Gilbride was our offense coordinator. Right. So we have two of the most hated men in San Diego. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And we're getting ready to run out. There's this long tunnel you got to go through. And uh, Eli looks at me right before we're getting ready to go out, and he looks at Kevin and goes, hey, you think we're going to get pooped? <laughs> oh man Thank god at san diego those those fans are 80 yards away because it was oh it was constant and i was in tears i was laughing so hard yeah what um did eli laugh about the totem pole poster eli didn't laugh a lot about it it was his rookie year so he didn't yeah laugh a whole, a whole bunch now and we got beat too so got it Oh, my God, but it was Sean O'Hara, who was his center, was pointing out everything. That's I mean, everything, and we were just dying. Yeah, well, I'm glad glad some players get a kick out of it, because I think as long as it's good-natured, this is not as, as long as it's not, you know, you suck and personal stuff about families, like the fact that dressed up as fast fast. That was being yelled as well. Oh, I'm sure that was being yelled as well, but I love the story about old, old bastard, or fat bastard, and uh, the totem pole. Those are those are witty things that I'm glad yeah, you yeah, as players really can appreciate. All right. Well, those were out. That's probably the best story time with Jared Lorenzen yet. So we'll leave it there. Thank you so much. And we'll do it again next week. All right, buddy.